Good afternoon. I hope you guys are having a wonderful week. I know I am. It has been absolutely insane, the weather around here. Oh my God, I thought Florida had crazy weather, but Virginia, Virginia, you are getting up there with the craziness. Rain, power outages, I mean, by God. I wonder if I can get a discount. <laughs> oh, like I was saying. Anyway, it's been a fantastic week. I hope you guys were having a good one. And it's that time of the week and that time of the day where we get to talk about my favorite things, video games, comics, TV shows, and more. And for this week, this week, we are going to be focusing on something that the video game community has lost. Well, not really lost, but has lowered their expectations because of trust. Trust has been lost in the video game community. And I think we know why. More and more studios are putting out terrible games. They're not ready. They're buggy. And it's just insane. I mean, think about it. Video games used to belong to trust. People had to trust in the game, trust in the studios to make these games, make them fantastic, or they wouldn't survive. I mean, video games have changed a lot in the past 40 years. Yes, video games have been around for 40 years. And by God, that makes me sound old, even though I'm under the age of 30. <laughs> anyway, but yeah, like I was saying before, before... People used to play video games to blow off steam, play it for endless hours. There were so many options. And a lot of times, a lot of people had these studios that they trusted. Heck, even back then, some people didn't know which video games, which they ended up being good at, would have tournaments. I mean, before, back in the 80s, you couldn't really become like ninja famous for playing video games. Video games weren't like that. People had to go and drive to tournaments, Pray to God that their video game that they're proficient in was basically an eSport for that time period. And if it wasn't, they had to get good and buy a video game there. But like I was saying, a lot of times these games relied on word of mouth. Sometimes they'd be able to be released on the arcade so people would be able to play it, get excited, go home, explain to their parents why they needed to buy this video game and get it purchased. I mean, think about it. This was before, before you buy. This was before the internet, YouTube. There wasn't an IGN to tell you, hey, this game was good, even though you would probably doubt the IGN's review. But yeah, people uh, in the US relied on magazines. Uh, one of the early ones was Compute. And in the UK, it was a C and VG, Computer and Video Games. Yeah, they were creative with the titles. But like I was saying, there wasn't basically anything that would come out daily when a video game was released. You had to wait for next month's issue or another couple weeks before the magazine released another issue talking about some of the different games. We, in the 21st century, have a more luxurious basis on, hey, this game came out. How many YouTubers are going to make a video on this game? But yeah. You basically hoped for the best and hoped that these games that you got for either the Atari, the Commodore 64, Nin Super Nintendo, uh, Sega, whatever the heck consoles they had, because apparently there's so many of them. And you know what's actually kind of funny? It was expensive then and it's still expensive now. But he here's the thing. Games back in the 80s, back in the 90s, still cost about 30, 40 bucks. But here's the thing. If you did the math, and I know none of you did it, 
because I had to do it myself and you cost in inflation. Guess how much the games back then cost if they were to come out today, or at least in this inflation economy. 80 or 100 bucks. Yeah. 40, 30 dollars turned into a eight is basically the equivalent of 80 to 100 dollars of today's money. And we complain about having to spend 70 dollars now. But yeah, it was a huge investment to put into something that wasn't bills, food, or other stuff. I mean, I talked to my dad. Apparently, the 80s was kind of rough, especially when it came to money. Can you believe that gas was 45 cents a gallon? I mean, the nerve. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, games were a huge investment. And it's not like back then people were like, oh my God, video games are awesome. Oh my God, you had to wait for Christmas unless your parents were rich and you can get the games then. But yeah, Christmas, birthdays, the usual suspects on begging and pleading to get that 40 or $30 game back in the 80s. But yeah, and here's the thing. If the game you got wasn't good and it turned out, hey, a lot of people didn't like the games, word of mouth would have spread and the studio who basically made the game would disappear, would basically go out of business because heck, people weren't going to trust them anymore. People weren't going to buy their game. And this was important to a lot of studios. I mean, think about it. Activision. They were around then. They had to make a lot of good games to gain people's trust to be able to make money. And when it came to a publisher, they needed to make sure, hey, this studio is reputable. Let's get them to make a game specifically for our console. Nintendo, they put out a lot of good games for their console and became super big. Think about it. Mario, Link, Kirby. They made a lot of good games. Earthbound. I don't know if Fire Emblem was a thing back then, but yeah, like I said, they had a lot of games that became popular, even popular to this day. But if the studio didn't produce good games, lost the trust of the people, yeah, they basically failed into obscurity. And not to mention consoles weren't uh, like immune to this. Atari is a prime example. They never really came back after the whole E.T. incident. And if you guys are asking me, what E.T. incident? This is basically a little rundown. I, I'm not going to do an entire video on E.T. That's just crazy history. But basically the rundown is uh, the movie E.T. was coming out about two, three months before the game was supposed to game. The movie was supposed to come out. They hired Atari to basically make a video game to be released the same time the movie was. But here's the thing, they didn't, they weren't told months in advance or maybe a year when they were filming. No, 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 no. They were told months and they had to time crunch. So they did that, made millions of this copy because they're like, hey, this movie is going to be big. We're going to have to release this. We want everybody to come watch it, buy the game, and we'll make a lot of money. Except the game sucked. Like, really? really badly they had so many unsold copies that they basically had buried it burned them and hoped nobody would remember them except everybody did because i'm talking about it but yeah like i said a lot of video game studios fell into obscurity and even the gaming systems weren't immune to the atrocities that came with this and let's say a studio made a bad game as long as they made good games and the good games outweighed the bad ones, a lot of time it didn't matter. When it came to Atari, they just made a lot of these, like I said, a lot of these games. 
But other than that, as long as you kept making good games, and a lot of these people did, you basically stayed in business because people trusted you. Hey, studio's coming back, Nintendo's coming back making this new game. I'm gonna go ahead and buy it because you know what? The last few games were fantastic. People put money into these things that they trusted. It was important then, and it is very important now because very few studios recognize this and are more than willing to release unfinished games or games they knew that were going to be bad but wanted to make a quick buck. In recent memory of this, the latest Lord of the Rings game, Gollum. My God, from all the trailers, from all the gameplay footage, you saw that they did not care. They didn't. You saw that they were wanting to make a quick buck, especially when they wanted to release, what was it, the deluxe edition that added uh, people talking in Elvish? Like, really? That's what you're going to put in the video game in the deluxe and wanting people to pay more? And here's the funny part. This one was really hilarious. They said you weren't a true Lord of the Rings fan unless you bought that edition. See, this is what I'm talking about. Making a quick buck. And you know what happened to that studio? They were dissolved because they got so much backlash and people hated the game because it was a bad game. And even goes further than that because since technology has increased, has evolved, a studio can release a buggy game, an unfinished game, because they know, hey, I can patch it up later. We can add some things, update the game. It doesn't matter. Gotham Knights is a recent example of this. I mean, the game was kind of grindy. It wasn't that good. But yeah, they had a lot of bugs when it was first released. And you know what? So many people were asking, why is this happening? Why did you release it? And you know what? Technology. These guys have become so reliant on, okay, it's fine. We don't have to do this. We'll just release it and just put an update. It's getting exhausting. It really is. Man, I miss the days of the PS2 era where when they released a game, it was complete. You didn't have a chance to update it and you really needed to take the time to make these games fantastic. But I mean, we evolved since then, apparently. I mean, here's the thing. When it comes to people who just release buggy games, only rarely do players willingly come back after you fixed all the problems. One of the very few games that succeeded in this was No Man's Sky. Sure, was their game buggy? Not really. But they made a lot of promises and didn't deliver it when the game first released. People wanted to actually sue the developer. But with time, they managed to bring the game to basically the point what they promised all those years ago. Where, hey, you're able to do all this stuff. You're able to fly this ship. They even released so many DLCs, making the game greater than what anyone could have imagined. But that was after the release. If this was back in the PlayStation 2 era, they wouldn't have gotten that chance. They wouldn't have been able to pull that off. That's what I'm saying. I think technology has made us lazy, or I mean the studio's lazy more, in fact, that they're just relying on people to, oh, just come back and throw the dice on whether or not they're going to. A game that did this and is still having trouble getting the player base back is Fallout 76. God, if you want an example on what not to do, Fallout 76 is a prime example of that. Releasing a game that is empty, no NPCs, 
having like so many subscription programs. Hey, you want to do this? You want to have a private server? Just pay this extra hundred dollars for six months after you already paid 60, 80, whatever you paid for to get the game. And my God, is it better now? Yes, so much better now. But it's just crazy that they had to go through all that trouble and are now still having trouble bringing people back. Oh my god, I still remember that whole Rick and Morty playing. That was something, especially seeing it live. I mean, when I first heard it, I thought it was creative. I'll admit, I thought it was creative. But the problem you run into when you keep doing this is that you eventually burn out your player base. Two prime examples of this is Call of Duty and Battlefield. And we can go all the way back to Call of Duty Black Ops 3. That, after that game release, is when everything started to go downhill. Infinite Warfare, they basically started to break the camel's back. People were not happy with that. I wasn't happy with that. That was the first Call of Duty that I skipped because it started making unnecessary changes to the gameplay mechanics and more. Most recently... Modern Warfare 2 saw a drop in their player base because they basically hadn't fixed anything that the fans had wanted. Seemingly ignored them to the point where other studios, non-profit studios mind you, began to make fan versions which got shut down and made fans even angrier. Not to mention for Call of Duty, they went back to World War 2 multiple times in their franchise. I mean, if you're running out of basically stuff to do, that's a good way to show it. Go back to World War II. I'll give Battlefield this. They went to World War I and made it work. And I mean, Battlefield, God, that's a studio that has really gone downhill. And a lot of it can be blamed on DICE and EA. But I mean, think about it. Battlefield games were known for were known for awesomeness. You had vehicles. You had be able to go on airplanes, do a lot of stuff you couldn't do on Call of Duty. I mean, sure, were they known for being terrible at release? Yes. Battlefield 4 is a prime example of that. So many problems on release, but the game came back. It was epic. One of the in my opinion, Battlefield 4 is the best in the series. Its sequel, Battlefield 1, was another great game. They went all the way back to World War I, where we had freaking blimps. And you know what? It was one of the first games between the two to do that. It wasn't World War II again. Sure, was it slower? Yes, but I mean, we could forgive them because the vehicles, the guns, they weren't as fast. Heck, the horses weren't as fast as going on a, a Humvee or a car. Because, I mean, World War I, we could forgive them because of that. We'd be like, oh, yeah, it's the era. But after that, they really, really started to go downhill beyond forgivable. Battlefield 5 released with nothing new, lacked a lot of content, and it just wasn't a good game. It felt like a shell of a game they wanted to do, but decided to boot this out quickly. I mean, the turnaround for Battlefield 5 between Battlefield 1 was incredible what Battlefield 1 came out in 2016 Battlefield 5 came out in 18 and mind you it usually took three to four years for Battlefield games to be made produced and released so you basically had an idea how fast they worked on 5 and after 5 oh my god did the mother of all terrible games release Battlefield 2042 it released so glitchy and so broken 
that even now the memes, the videos don't do it justice. It was just a terrible, unplayable game. People swore off Battlefield after that fiasco because think about it. So many people pre-ordered it. So many people trusted in the name of Battlefield and were broken. And not to mention, they changed a lot of stuff like changing from a specialist system to a class system. That was just a terrible decision. I don't know why they tried to be like Call of Duty. But most importantly, they weren't listening to what gamers wanted. And just pushed out loot boxes, pushed out a lot of stuff. And to be fair, that was probably mostly EA's idea because God, EA does not learn from their mistakes at all. You figured what? Two court cases, Congress in the EU, they would learn their lesson? Nope. Nope, they did not. But anyway, it just went to show that people were getting tired of the runaround. Now, people, if they come out with a new Battlefield game, people are going to wait. They've burned out their player base, both franchises at this point. To where, I mean, like I said, before, they basically shut down two, and this is Call of Duty, two fan base Call of Duty games because they were listening to what the players wanted. They were bringing back map selection. They were bringing back so many other game modes that apparently these studios now are too lazy to even do. And that's the sad part, because, I mean, isn't that the point on why we kept going back to these franchises? Because we trusted them? I mean, Call of Duty had our trust for years. Modern Warfare, Modern Warfare 2, Modern Warfare 3, Black Ops 1, Black Ops 2, Black Ops 3. So many good games. Heck, Advanced Warfare. I know some people will argue on with me with that one, but I will say that was a pretty good game. Sure, see, some people didn't like the whole Ecto suit, but it was fun for what it was. Especially the Zombies game mode. My God, that was actually really good. But anyway, they came out with so many good games, so many good campaigns that they garnered our trust. And now they just stomped it to the ground. Heck, it's made so many people skeptical on studio releases on games that they don't, half of them don't even want to pre-order these games. They want to wait for people to buy them and review them. For me, I have so much distrust in video games that I only have a handful of studios that I 100% trust. And those are Santa Monica Studio, Insomniac, NetherRealm, Guerrilla Games, Naughty Dog, Sucker Punch, and Rockstar. Rocksteady used to be on that list, but after seeing what the heck they were doing with Suicide Squad Kills the Justice League, oh, they quickly left that list. But these studios have released good games, in my opinion, and they haven't disappointed. Heck, I've talked to a lot of people. They said that they trust these studios when I brought them up. I remember one guy was like, oh yeah, these studios, they come up with great games. I pre-order them. Heck, I do too. Because they listen to what the people wanted. It's studios like these that are the future of the gaming community. Putting out great games. Games that people can be excited for. And not for nothing, a lot of these studios make games that end up being the best seller. Nominated for a lot of stuff. I mean, heck, God of War got nominated and won a lot of awards. Did they win Game of the Year? No. Elden Ring won. But heck, Elden Ring deserved it. And that's a good thing. And surprisingly enough, the games that are quality now are mostly the single player. Well, I shouldn't say now. Single player games have usually come out with great quality games. 
But still, studios shouldn't be coming out or people shouldn't just have a handful of studios that they trust to pre-order stuff. That should be the norm. It really should be, especially with inflation, everything getting super expensive, the housing market, and just video games in general, buying a new console, VR stuff getting more and more popular. It's getting expensive and not for nothing, people are starting to cut back or going to have to cut back on their gaming. And you know what's going to cause? New studios are going to suffer because of this because people are not going to want to trust them. Sure, will they probably wait for someone to buy their new game, review it and say if it's good? But again, a lot of these people, including myself, are burned out where I'm not even going to trust a new studio unless I find out that they're from a previous studio and they teamed up with other people. But even then, a good example of this is when the people or the guy behind Dead Space bound together, made a studio and came out with the Callisto Protocol. I was for it. I was like, yes, let's get back to like Dead Space-esque games. And then EA announced they're remaking Dead Space. I was like, oh, the Callisto Protocol is going to knock that game out of the park. You know what happened? They sucked. Really, really sucked. Focused on cutscenes, not on gameplay. And it just was just disappointing. It really was. And I guess that's where we are now. Hopefully these studios will learn because I would love to play a Call of Duty game and not be sad or angry that they didn't listen to the fans again. It'd be nice, like Battlefield. It'd be good to trust EA again like we used to back in the early 2000s. Activision would be great to trust again. But I guess we'll see what happens in the future, especially with multiplayer-based games. Since, I mean, it's multiplayer. We want to play with other people. Make it easier for us to want to play with other people. Diablo 4 did it. And you know what? Good on Blizzard for making Diablo 4 great. Because you know what? It just needs to start with one and you just need to be consistent with it. That's all you got to do. Gain our trust and you'll gain our money. So simple. So, so simple. But anyway, I hope studios learn, and I really hope that my list of instant pre-order studio games get bigger. I really do. Get bigger, not smaller, because the day Naughty Dog comes out with a terrible game, I'm going to be mad. And before so many people list The Last of Us 2, did I like where the story was going? No. Did I understand why? Yes. It pulled me in emotionally, made me feel emotions that I thought were dead, and it, like I said, I just, you can't, I can't play that game, think about that and what it did and say it was a terrible game. I really can't because it really took me into the story. Did I hate Abby? Yes. But again, I understood why they did it. Stuff has consequences. Actions have consequences and yeah, all that stuff. I'm not going to go into Last of Us 2. I'm going to, then I'm going to be here for another 45 minutes. But anyway, that's it for this video. I hope you guys liked it. And like I said, let's trust in studios again. Let's just do that. I hope you guys have a blessed one. I hope you guys have a good rest of your week. And you know what? Have fun. Take risks. <laughs> anyway, that's it for this episode. Sayonara. See you later. Have a blessed one. Goodbye.